you for listening to this message from the North Gate. Oh, man. So I got a revelation about when people ask us, you know, what's with the whole praying in tongues thing? Can you turn me up just a little bit? I feel like I'm low, or maybe it's this. I don't know. Can you guys hear me good? I feel like I got a good revelation for your friends at work and your family that's like, y'all praying that weird language and that I've never thought about this day, but I started doing it to the kids when I walk by them. I do my, I do my shut about a Hyundai, but about a Kia. That's an old joke. So here's my new one, okay? Shatara You ready? Kudumatara means no worries. Shatara kudumataya means no worries. So when people ask, what do you guys do in your church? We just tell people no worries. So we're just saying kudumatara real fast. So, but no, I believe with this being 2023 and being the year of the wind, with this being 2023 and the year of the wind, why not perfectly kick things off with a little bit of a teaching of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter two, but take it from a perspective you've probably never heard of in your life. Because when I was growing up, when I was growing up, the whole thing of the Holy Spirit and all that was just about being bilingual and just being able to pray in tongues. I later learned on that the baptism of the Holy Ghost through the book of Acts, the initiation was a tongue that wasn't about just having a tongue that was restored that you could pray in a heavenly language. It was the restoration for you to begin to understand somebody that you could not understand before. The miracle that took place in Acts 2 was the fact that they spoke in a language. They were speaking in their own language in cloven tongues of fire But as they spoke in the Holy Ghost, it sounded like their native tongue. So if I was in a room with somebody from China and somebody from Mexico, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, what they would hear is their language. They could understand me. Later on, you begin to learn that as Paul begins to teach that when you don't know what to pray, let Holy Spirit pray for you. So when you pray in that heavenly language, you're letting... Holy Spirit pray for you because there's sometimes that you just don't know what to pray. So you let the fire within pray. And so with this being the year of that, I figure like we need to like teach on that a little bit. Before I get ahead of myself because I'm all antsy and I want to teach and I've not been teaching around here a lot over the last several months. I've just been enjoying the presence of God which was awesome while I went through the dark night of the soul that nobody knew I was going through but my wife and my apostle, I was literally dying on the inside and I feel like a brand new creation in Christ. I feel like I got born again, again and I'm having so much fun after the dark night of the soul where I felt like I was losing my mind. And so it's probably good that you didn't know that I felt like I was losing my mind but I needed to lose my mind. And this is what I learned about the dark night of the soul. When you say the dark night of the soul, which means you go through your ultimate transformation, you go through your metamorphosis, the dark night of the soul sounds scary. Or as Apostle was saying it over the revival weekend, the valley of death sounds scary. This is what Holy Spirit told me as I testify of what happened to me over the last several months. The dark night of the soul means you just come to an end of yourself. And it's scary mentally. Because you know things and you're smart and you're amazing and God has big plans for you. But you'll come to a point in your walk with the Lord where you have tried to figure things out yourself and God goes, nope, that's over. I'll give you a prime little example. You know, say you're praying for a wife, a child, a job, a house. You're praying for these things. And the scripture text says, 
Anything you ask in my name shall be given, correct? Sounds kind of weird because you've asked for stuff and haven't gotten it. True? True? Maybe the real answer is this. My kids ask stuff for Christmas, correct? But what do you do as parents? You want to give them gifts, right? But what do you do in November before you give them what they ask for? What do you do? You make them get rid of stuff before you give them new stuff. So if you have spent ultimate time praying for something, you might need to get your focus off of what you're receiving and you might need to ask God what you need to shift in your life. Because just like a kid at Christmas, he wants you to clean out your room before he gives you the good stuff. You're not making space enough for God to bless you with what you're asking for. Because we get in this independent, self-centered world of Christianity. We'll take up tithes and offerings later. You can just pay them on the way out. I'm, I'm in too good of a flow right now to go. Let's do our tithes and offerings. Okay, if you ain't figured out how to give in this house, you've missed all of Christianity. So let's just stay in this flow right here. Okay, so in that, we want God to bless us. We want God, I want God to bless you. You're asking for wives, husbands, kids, houses, jobs, careers, your own business, your farm. I could go around the room and if I was God, I love you so much, I would give you what I know that you want, what you deserve, what you have. Come on, because then what starts happening in the independent, selfish mindset, am I being good enough? Am I doing enough? And God's going, no, I just need you to clean your room. I just need you to make space. I just need you to rearrange some things because we bought Sissy a vanity for Christmas. We bought her a new thing where she could do her hair because she's getting older and the little girl one just doesn't work anymore, okay? So inside of that, what we're not gonna do is keep the immaturity of the small vanity that would remind her of her immaturity, remind her of her adolescence, remind her we're gonna completely remove that from her room and bring her in the mature one that she needs, so somewhere in our space, we're cluttering up, holding on to things because in your life, they had value because what do we immediately do in Christianity when the preacher gets up and says, you need to rearrange some mood, some stuff. You're like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. What do I got to get rid of? It may not be that you're bad. It just be made that you're more mature than what you're holding on to. It be, you might be more mature now than you realized you were before. So if I say that this is the year of wind, this is 2020, wind for us is glory to glory. Wind for us is a whirlwind. So anytime you see a whirlwind, I'm not just thinking wind that blows east and west. I'm talking about a wind that gets caught up. And so for a wind that gets caught up, any kind of wind tunnel that has a starting and a, but this one don't have an ending. This has a starting point in Jesus looking at all of us throughout time because don't say, well, he just said this to the disciples. That's not it. He was speaking this for all time. I must go and send you another comforter. That comforter is Holy Spirit. And sometimes in the Western Christianity that we teach and preach, 
we don't teach of Holy Spirit as a comforter. We teach him as a Santa Claus. We teach God as a give me God rather than a God of comfort. And what happens is we have all slipped into a, a level of independence and we think independence is freedom because you're now by yourself with less baggage, but the kingdom doesn't work by yourself. The kingdom works with the intertwining of the body of Christ. When he sent the Holy Spirit for you, Mike Clendenin, he sent it for Brian. And when he sent it for Brian, he sent it for Jeanette. And we keep trying to figure out how to make Christianity more about you and Jesus rather than me, Jesus, and BB, me, Jesus, and Nana, me, Jesus, and my kids, me, Jesus, and Colton. We keep trying to figure out how to make it an independent gospel because now we have independent churches. We can't even have denominations because they're at war with each other because we turned family into competition. And so we don't want to be a part of the competition anymore. So we become an independent church, but God never called anybody in the church to be independent. He taught us to be codependent on Holy Spirit who was our comforter. And what we are is we're taking the greatest thing called the Holy Spirit and calling it a thing. And he's actually a person. And we can't connect with the person of Holy Spirit because we just made Holy Ghost a thing. We made it a language. We made it a give me. Put scripture text up there for me, Kevin, so we can track with this. So I can take you on a journey. This is Jesus talking. Jesus gets ready to ascend to heaven in the New King James Version. He says this, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. If you go to the King James Version, I gave you the wrong version here. It's not helper, but I'm glad it's got helper there. That word helper says comforter. Now, comforter and helper can't be things. But watch what we do. We turn comfort and help into addictions of I can't sleep unless I have a glass of wine. I'm going to tell you how my wife had it last night. There's a generation being baptized in a lie of comfort called vaping. It makes my anxiety. That's a lie. It's destroying your lungs too while you're doing it. It's... It's, it's this young generation's version of smoking. And then we all got to the place of, and listen, these people ain't stupid. Cigarettes stink. They're nasty. They're this, they're that. So we got bubblegum flavors and we got, oh, dude, come on. If you're vaping in here, you know what I used to do at youth rallies? This is what I used to do at youth rallies. I ain't going to do this now, but this, you know what I used to do at youth rallies? It gets your attention. Okay. I'd hold up a pack of cigarettes and I'd be like, who all smokes these? People raise their hand, whatever. Then I'd go behind the curtain and I'd grab my shotgun and go. Said, who's all got these in their house? Bunch of hands go up because I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was in redneck capital of the world down there in Brown County. Bunch of hands go up. And I said, what's funny is, I said, every time I put one of these little suckers to my mouth, it's killing me. And when I die, I get to heaven, right? So I'm just getting there quicker, right? Well, if that's the biggest thing is, you know, when I die, I get to heaven. 
I threw the pack of cigarettes to the side and I pulled the shotgun out and went, I put it right here. It wasn't loaded. I put it right here. And I'm like, what's the difference? Religiously, all you guys are going to freak out about suicide. They're both the same thing. One just gets the job done quicker. Ah, don't get religiously mad at me. I'm just giving you examples here. Everybody take a deep breath. Everybody say this. I'm, I'm not offended. All right, good. <laughs> I know I'm at the North Gate and people smoke in here and all that kind of stuff. What I'm trying to get you to the example of, we have to stop buying lies that are perceived to be the truth. We bought into lies. I used to be a Canada Copenhagen guy back in the day. Guess what my lie is that I would buy in to be the truth? That the greatest chew was the one after a meal. That is not the greatest thing I could do after a meal. But I would say that to people because words create my world, okay? And we have to begin to understand that we're allowing false things to come in and be our comfort, whether it's nicotine, whether it's vaping, whether it's alcohol. Watch this. Whether it's, I'm going to stretch you here, eating. There's something called comfort eating. Okay? We are finding comfort in so many other things because we found ourselves in an independent way to find comfort rather than finding comfort through our relationship with God and rather than finding comfort, number one, if you're married, you should find the most comfort and peace through your spouse. And then once you find that kind of degree of comfort through your spouse, the next degree of comfort and peace that I could be finding. But the reason we can't find comfort in relationships is because we're all tied up into an independent mindset that is leading us to an orphan spirit and getting us further away from the Holy Spirit. We believe we're orphaned, we're not accepted, we don't fit in, we don't look the part. We're finding more peace from things, pharmaceuticals, nicotine, alcohol, food, false relationships that are negative and toxic because venting and gossip will bring you comfort too. And God said here, I will pray to Abba and he will give you another comforter that he will abide with you. How long is this comfort gonna abide with us? But you'll find out here in a minute that the comfort of Holy Spirit is found in the secret place, but it's also found in my connection with other people. Acts chapter two cannot happen to a degree of people hear the voice of the Lord to go to an upper room and when everybody else independently wants to leave, 500 showed up, only 120 remained because the other ones had too much independence. Revival is gonna break out inside of the beloved church and there are gonna be denominations, independent churches that aren't gonna be inside of the initiation because they wanted to be independent. They did not wanna be cohabitors of the comfort of Holy Spirit that is found in a relationship with God that makes you love others. Y'all tracking with me? Is this making sense? Are you tracking with me? I've been on this kick for a while. You wanna know why? Why am I hitting this independent thing so hard tonight? Because if I get one more dream from the prophetesses or the prophets of this house of independent spirit and, and, and literally an orphan spirit, that thing's got to get out of here now. 
Look at me. You've got to ask yourself, am I actively involved in, listen what I did not say. I'm not asking you if you come to church. I don't care how many times you come to church. I'm asking you, are you actively involved with this family? Or have you caught yourself in an independent mindset that means I'm not, this is Webster's Dictionary, I'm not subject to control or submission. I'm self-governing. I'm not affiliated with. I'm not required or relying on someone else. I'm not looking to others for opinions and counsel. I'm not bound to be committed to with my life. I'm not. Every one of that is against the Bible. Every single bit of that is completely against Jesus' language. Jesus said that every joint supplies. Everybody is valuable. He said, you should love your brother with the same love that you love me. You should love your brother with the same love that you love yourself. You should never be alone. That's the first commandment. He said, it's not good for you, Adam, to be by yourself. I need to put you with somebody. So what was his announcement in the garden? It's not good for you to be independent. It's not. His first commandment to mankind, it's not good for you to be alone. I need alone time with God. A month is not alone time with God. A month is you hiding. You coming to church on Sundays and saying the North Gate is your home is not mean that you're connected. Are you actively functioning in a joint that is supplying to the body that Christ is the head and we are the function? Are you actively functioning in the house? Or have you slipped into the control of an orphan spirit that gives you the language of this, of every foster kid and every orphan out there that tries to get loved by a foster home or get adopted by somebody who's not their blood? I'm not subject to your control. I'm not submitting to you. I can do this myself. I'm not affiliated with you. I'm not requiring or relying on you. I'm not looking for others' opinions or your counsel or your guidance. I'm not bound to be committed to you. But the Bible says one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight. The Bible says that a three-band cord cannot be broken. The Bible also says that you need to get caught up in the circle dance of the unity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The function of the governing head of the body of Christ is love, loving, love, loving, love, loving, love, loving, love. And anytime you catch yourself with a language that does not love the body of Christ, You have found yourself in a mindset of independence that'll lead you to being controlled by an orphan spirit that'll tell you that I can fix this. I can do this by myself. I don't need anybody else. And that is the absolutely despise of the apostolic because the apostolic operates in authority, order, function, blessing. And the first definition of authority is what? Control? Nope. It's called one who settles issues. And if I find somebody that's operating in an independent spirit who's being controlled in their mind by an orphan spirit that says they don't fit in, don't know where they go, don't know what I got to do, I'm not listening to that, I'm not being controlled by this, I don't fit in, I can't be affiliated with, I'm not, and affiliated means this, Peter, you pick and choose when you're a part of the North Gate. You pick and choose when you, when Jesus was here in blind Bartimaeus, I'm a disciple. We walked on water with Jesus. What'd you do? Cat of nine tails hit his back. I don't know you. You're affiliated when you want to be. 
Dude, that woman got healed at the North Gate. Have you seen Jimmy Lovejoy coach wrestling? I don't go to church there. You're affiliated when you want to be. It means you're affiliated when the spirit's moving, but you're not invested in the family. And the only thing that connects you with family is blood and it's covenant. And it's for you to say yes to blood and it's for you to say yes to family. And it's for you to quit talking like you're not actively belonging here. And this is saying about the North Gate, this is any place you call home. This is any, how do you find yourself in an orphan spot? And being an orphan stinks because you're sitting there going, I want to fit in. I want to be a part. How did I get to the place that I feel like I don't belong? I feel like I'm not being loved. I feel like nobody wants to do it. I feel no comfort of Holy Spirit. And that's how we slip into the pills. That's how we, we feel like we're rejected. We're beaten. We drink the alcohol. We take the cigarettes. We do all these things. And I'm not telling you to go throw all that stuff away. I'm telling you, if you're bound in anything that's giving you peace other than the love of somebody's arms and the comfort of the secret place, get in the middle of love. When, people, when I found out people were doing drugs or in a bad mess, I used to lay hands on them, bind the spirit, watch them manifest, throw up, blah, 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 blah. I did the whole deliverance thing. I could do it right now. Watch, ready? Shatada <laughs> Have no worries. Ah. Do you know what I do now? When I know somebody's oppressed and they're struggling bad, I get into the deepest river of love that I could possibly get into for that human being. I connect myself so to their situation. And listen, when I say connect, you better listen to me. When I say I connect themselves to their situation, at that moment when I'm about to pray for them, they know without a shadow of a doubt their money is, my money's theirs. My time is theirs. Every resource I have is theirs. Can people attest to this in the room? That in this new age, deliverance works like this. I'm going to open up and invest every bit of me to you. I'm gonna take the Holy Spirit in me and I'm not gonna use authority and might and body slam you to the ground and cast devils out of you. I'm going to look at you in the eyes with perfect love and tell you I'm vested. 100% I'm in. You want to get somebody free off drugs? You want to get somebody free from anxiety, fear, depression? You want to get somebody free from an orphan spirit? Jezebel, Python, you want me to name all those, all those books that are being sold? You want to know how you get rid of them? Not by selling books. By learning how to love somebody. If I was bound like that, if I was losing my mind and losing my hope and I couldn't fit in, I don't need you to slap oil on me and slap me around and bind the soul and the spirit. I need to know in your eyes, as much as Jesus was invested on the cross, I am invested in you and we're gonna walk through this together with the love of God. And I don't care how it turns out. I don't care who talks about us. I don't care who gossips about us. We're going to walk through this together till you believe. We're going to walk through this. But the money's gone. Who cares? Love's not. Who do you feel that? I will send you. I will go to my father. I put on the passion translation for me. Watch this. I will go ask Abba, 14, 16, 17, right here. I will go ask Abba and he will give you another savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. 
They need truth. Everybody on heroin needs Abba's truth. Everybody in pornography needs Abba's truth. Every kid vaping, every kid cutting themselves, everybody who hates themselves needs the light of Jesus to look them in the eyes and say, I love you. And let it be truth. Let it be truth. Let it be truth. I will give you a savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be a friend to you. He will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. I'm going through the dark night of the soul. And you want to know what passed me through the other side? You want to know what passed me through the other side? A two-hour drive of tears running down my face. I feel like I'm losing my mind. And I can't get to my wife fast enough from from Marietta. And I'm driving and the phone rings and it's Brad Custer. And Brad starts speaking truth in love to me. And then I pull in my driveway. I get in the car and I hear my apostle on the other side. And the first thing he says, I'll never throw you away. Every chain of false identification in that real love and the vulnerability shatters in deliverance. But you've got to tell somebody that loves you, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. It's the year of wind and I want the wind of Holy Ghost to blow. I can't figure this parenting thing out. Then you look in the eyes of love and the first thing they need to say is I'll never throw you away. I'll send you comfort that will never leave you and be a friend to you. Who's the friend to Jesus? The one who stand on the cross. Abba, Abba, have you forsaken me too? At that moment, at that moment, see, that moment of vulnerability, Jesus never sinned, but he shows ultimate vulnerability. He never sinned, but he shows ultimate vulnerability with his arms spread wide. All of the world can see who he is. Did you leave me too? What's the direct response? Lightning strikes over top of the cross. The veil rents from top to bottom. And the sun cries out, it's finished. It's finished. So those of you who are dealing with it, you need to start listening to his words and it's finished. Those of you that are dealing with it, quit trying to look for another comfort and go to him because he said it's finished and he'll never leave you. And he's placing people in your life that'll never leave you. And he's about to put people through these doors that we can look at them and say, we'll never leave you. We'll never leave you. We'll never leave. Listen, I'm gonna go across the room. Get, we're done. We're done with thinking, I gotta clean one more thing up before this, I gotta clean stuff up before this sits. No, you don't, it's here. It's here. You're already qualified. You're already qualified. You don't have to give anything up anymore. 
You just got to believe in who you are. You just got to believe that you're beloved. I got, but I got to clean some stuff up. No, you don't. You got to receive him. You got to receive the wind of the Holy Ghost. It is finished. It's over. I got to clean up one more thing. I got to change this. I got to rearrange that. No, you don't. Wait until it happens. Just wait. But Peter, Peter was the most independent cat on the planet. Peter, not subject to control, right? The apostle Peter. We can all relate to Peter. I can relate to Peter. Peter had some stuff to clean up. Peter was a cussing fish. Peter would be a North Gator. Cussing, blue collar, don't have it all together gets corrected more than any of Jesus' disciples. The North Gate gets correct. We're the only ark that's been corrected in a revival many times. We are Peter. But Peter was also the one that initiated the church and initiated worldwide revival. But Peter got to the place where he was done dealing with, I'm not gonna let anybody control me. I'm not going to act like I'm all sold out. I got a plan B. Peter had plan B, fishing boat. God deals with all that. God deals with all that. Why? Peter, no control. How does Peter have no self-control? Half of this room. If a man walks through and tries to take me out, one of you Peters are going to stand up and cut somebody's ear off. True or not true? At least I know BB and Justin... Clendenin, Yanish, I guess all you knuckleheads. Got to get through Jason first and Bollinger. They come to take Jesus away, and what does Peter do? Peter was supposed to be praying, and Peter pulls out his sword and cuts a man's ear off, and Jesus says, we ain't doing that no more. Why did Peter do that? Because he was struggling with the independent spirit, and he always struggled with, does he belong? He wrestled with being an orphan, because he just wouldn't relax and listen. He wouldn't allow himself to be vulnerable because Peter's a fisherman. Fishermen have to respond on the storm in the ocean. They got to learn how to make sure they don't sink. And they're got to, Peter was also the only disciple that was married. So he really knew how to fix stuff and he really knew how to get in trouble. And he really knew how to, Peter was a Peter, Okay. And he proved it many times, but he was independent. When was Peter independent again? When Jesus is being destroyed by the public. You, 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 hey, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? His independence to a 14-year-old girl. I don't know him. I don't know him. Picks and chooses when he wants to be connected to the family. Picks and chooses. Always Peter was connected when things were riding high. But if things got hairy, Peter's independence was, I'll fix it and be the hero. When that didn't work, he was the victim. I don't know those guys. I didn't roll with them. There are dreams happening in this house of women in this house that are brides dressed and adorned and ready for a wedding, but you won't take off your combat boots and the laces say independence on them. Dreams happening in this house. 
There are other dreams happening. We're literally, we're in church services and the word independence is written on shirts of people in the room. We have to deal with our independence and we have to be actively intertwined in family. You know why? Because God is calling you to real comfort. God is calling you that when the world won't receive you because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you, the comfort that you're looking for outside of worldly comfort is found in a person called Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. And real comfort, watch this, definition of real comfort. How do I know I'm operating in independence and not intimately in the secret place with Holy Spirit that guides me to connect with the people that will send comfort through Holy Spirit through me that will give me strength and hope. That's the definition of of comfort. To give strength and hope, to ease grief or trouble, to give counsel in the time of trouble or worry, to be content in well-being and having a satisfying, enjoyable experience. If some of you are, st- because people are like, I just, I just need Jesus. I just, I just need Holy Spirit. Stop. If you just need Holy Spirit, then why, when He showed up, did He send five hundred people to an upper room? That's your hiding because you don't want people to really know where you're hurting. You don't want people to really know that you're scared, you're worried. And God's going, I need you to get wrapped in Holy Spirit. And being wrapped in Holy Spirit, I'm gonna wrap you. Acts 2 was a group of people being wrapped in cloven tongues of fire in a group. Watch, watch, watch the instruction. Watch, watch, watch the instruction. Put my Acts chapters up. Put my Acts chapters one up, or Acts chapters two first. Acts chapters two thirty-eight. Watch. This is Peter's message after he has his Romans eight one experience. Peter's a transformed man here. Peter's not cutting off ears anymore. Okay. Peter's done denying. Peter had to deal with Jesus' mama at this point. No, I don't think y'all get it. Let me kill your kid. You could have maybe intervened because you were the guy that used to cut off ears. And now in front of everybody, I saw you. I saw you say you didn't even know my child. Mom's in the room. Tell me Peter don't get a little bit of your mouth or a look or a what's he doing here. But what's Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit deals with all that. When it comes to a city being reformed, God deals with your offense. Because why? What was being said? What was being said in love? Watch. Peter's message after the fire of the wind, after the wind of the Holy Ghost hits Peter. It says this, and I was taught this my whole life. Oh my gosh. A whole denomination was birthed off of this verse. My family will cut you and fight you over this verse right here. 
I've heard preachers say, brother, if you ain't saved by Acts 2.38, you ain't gonna make it to heaven. If you ain't baptized in Jesus' name, listen, you've got to dig deep in the mysteries. We have had over a hundred year decade of being baptized in Jesus' name that has not brought global transformation. But now we've got the keys of what Peter was really preaching. Peter preached to them, repent, change the way you think. Why is this message so gripping to the heart? Because he lived it. He denied Jesus. He did things he should not do. Anybody testify in the room? Then all of a sudden, this fisherman, not Matthew, the tax collector, not Luke, the doctor that's been hanging out, the fisherman. Repent. Metanoia. That was the real word he, he shouted out. See how we're getting shorted the real gospel of the birth of the church? Metanoia. Metanoia. Change the way you think. That's the real word for repentance. Change the way you see it in your mind. Peter's going, I walked with him. I saw him heal the sick and raise the dead. Now, could you imagine the one that walked with Jesus who saw miracle signs and wonders shouting, not repent, metanoia, metanoia, metanoia to 3,000 people in a city, metanoia. Change the way you think and let every one of you the word baptized in the Greek means to be immersed. Be fully surrounded and Christocentric. Be fully immersed in love. You know what I think he said that day that they should have translated like this? Metanoia, metanoia. Let every one of you be immersed in agape. Be immersed in agape. Be immersed in a love that you cannot see in this world. Be immersed in a love of the one who died for you. Metanoia, change the way you see it all. Had nothing to do with water. Had absolutely nothing to do with water. And I can go find a religious spirit right now, couldn't I, Armin, and they would almost fight me. I could make them cuss. I could make them cuss. Theologically, listen, wife wears a skirt, no jewelry. He ain't got no jewelry on, wearing dress pants all the time, had a suit and tie. I make that man cuss, tell him they ain't got to do nothing with water. I could make that preacher cuss right now. He'd be like, you little son of a... Oh, you'll go to hell. You're going to go to hell. You better watch it. Get a bucket of water in the name of Jesus. Be immersed, watch. Be immersed in agape. Be immersed for what? The remission. What's the remission? How excited do we get when we hear that cancer patients are in remission? You're still struggling with it because you won't let it go into remission because you won't change the way you think because you won't allow yourself to be wrapped in love in every angle because you're still hanging on to your little bit of leaven of an independent mindset that keeps you holding on because you think you're losing you. And Jesus said, if you'll lose your life, you'll gain it. This is the wind of 2023. 
It's not the fact that we speak in unknown tongues, and I'll do that because when I was doing it and the kids were doing it and B.B. was doing it and Stephanie was doing it, what did you feel on the inside of you? I felt a rumbling. I felt alive. When you started praying in the Holy Ghost, Carrie, what do you feel? You feel alive. So the enemy gets you trapped in an independent mindset that you think you ain't even got to pray in the Holy Ghost through the day. I want you to wake up tomorrow and I want you to, hey, listen, for the first person that says, I don't really have time to do the secret place, then listen, everywhere you walk, you get in the elevator, I feel it stirring up right now. And then here's what some people say religiously. Well, most of you guys sound the same. Yeah, and your kid murmurs and gagas and ooh, till he gets his own language too. Any form of the enemy is going to get you to not pray in that language. Because that language is the language that Adam and Eve and Yahweh used in the garden when they created the world. And you want to know how you change your world? Start praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to know how you shift your city? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You want to know how you shift your family? Walk around the house like my mom. Come on, we got to get back into some things of the old wells of revival. My grandma, my great-grandma, my mom, my grandma, my mom would get prayer claws. And shout out my call. You come in Momo's house at the wrong time. <laughs> Pentecostals shouldn't even call themselves Pentecostals anymore because they won't pray in the Holy Ghost. It's the year of the wind. And I watched my apostle release his 16-year-old boy on the stage in Mobile and pray in the Holy Ghost. I was like, uh-oh. And let me just let everybody get front page news. That boy ain't perfect. But he knows he's beloved. And Caden Cutright ain't perfect. But he was in the middle of being beloved tonight. So what are we going to do? We're going to give me your phone, Caden. Give me your phone. Let me search your history. Let me. So I got to find something on you to make you stay prisoner to you're not good enough because he's not living up to the standard. Well, guess what the standard is? Love, not rules, not rules. Can I give you a little bit more? Is this good tonight? I don't know what time it is. You ain't heard me preach in a long time, so just act like this is the first time you ever heard me preach. Give me this Acts 2.38 right here. Oh, the remission of sins. Can I give you a little nugget here, teach? Remission means the end of, Correct. Okay, so when Glenn's wife walks in here and announces the cancer's in remission, we're all going to do cartwheels. I will. I'm going to do cartwheels. No, I'm going to do cartwheels. The cartwheels are coming. No, Glenn, the cartwheels are coming. Come on, the cartwheels are coming. The remission report's coming, Glenn. It says, for the remission of sins, repent and be baptized for the remission of what does our apostle teach us about sin? For the remission of everything that gets you out of cadence. The moment you allow yourself to be surrounded in love, loving, love, loving, love, the remission of what gets you off the path of beloved comes to an end. So the answer is not what can I give up? The answer is what can I get into? That's why apostle, remember the, I thought I was crazy when I did all that studying 
And the real way that they baptized in the Bible was forward. It was into Christ. It's not backwards that I believe that when we do the backwards thing, we're actually being thrown back into our past rather than thrust into our futures. I preached all this and y'all don't remember. When I heard apostles say it, I was like, I preached it before you, sucker. You were listening to my podcast. You were listening to my podcast. And then Holy Ghost was like, no, it's the same Holy Ghost. Damon will never listen to Jimmy's podcast. Dang it. <laughs> Same revelation. I got wind before he did too. So. <laughs> uh, now it keeps me safe. So y'all don't think I'm some crazy false prophet. If Apostle D gets too much, 2023, the year of the wind, I was like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> Really thought y'all were going to kill me when I told you Biden wasn't going to get elected. That was, woo. All right, getting off track. Peter replied, repent and return to God. Repent and return to love. And each of you must be immersed in the name of beloved identity in love. Be immersed in love, the anointed one, to have your walk removed. What keeps you from walking with him gets removed. So the only thing left is the walk with him. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna end with this. I'm gonna end with this. Fast forward all of this to Acts 37 in the uh, Old Testament there, or Old Testament, in the Passion Translation. I have been at wrestling events for four days. Peter preaches Acts 2.38, correct? This is what he says before that. When they heard this, they were crushed. King James Version says they were cut to the heart. They were crushed and realized what, had, what, had been done, what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Peter said, metanoia, change the way you think. Return to love, and each one of you must be immersed in the name of love, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So once that flame hits you tonight, this is what he says next. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you what did we see here tonight? It's for you and your families. For those yet to be born and for those, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. You know what I saw tonight at one point? When we were praying for Justin over here and I called different brothers over here to lay hands on Justin. I looked down at one point and I watched probably about 10, 12 men praying in the Holy Ghost over your flame. But the thing that hit me the most, and I know you didn't even recognize it and notice it, Joe Yanish is laying hands on his brother while his four-month-old son is strapped to his chest. And Titus's head is literally next to Justin's face. And that baby boy did not cry one time. 
Because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus for the dead that's in you is now in your children. And the river is flowing. And when we get in a moment of encounter in glory like this, even seven-month-old children aren't bothered by the fact that he's hanging off his daddy's chest and he's praying over a brother. You know what I think Titus was sitting there going? Because Titus's eyes were going just wide open in wonder. You know what I think he was doing? Because some of us have been gone from the throne room for about 40, 50, 60 years. Titus is going, this looks like home. This looks like when Jesus leans over to Abba and makes intercession for those that he loves. This looks just like Jesus. I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. And for some of you, we were singing the orphan thing off of you to come home, but for the kids in the room, we're just letting them know this looks just like home. This looks just like home. And all the religious people can get mad when we go, I'm living in heaven on earth. Don't tell me tonight didn't look like heaven. Amen. Watch what we're actively being called into. Go to verse 40. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words and rescued them from the wayward mindset and the perverse culture of the world. Verse 41. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000 and they were all immersed and we need to quit putting church there. They were added to the ecclesia, the authority of the family. Not a building, the ecclesia, which is the governing authority of the body of Christ, which is the family. Amen? Go to verse 42. Then, watch this. This is why we got to break our independence. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. Stop. Okay, I'm gonna give them a second. She just woke up. Let me wake you up from a deep sleep and see what you act like. Okay, Jason is lead to act like that when she gets what? <laughs> she acted like that when I didn't show up for my haircut on Wednesday. <laughs> I made it right. I went back on Thursday. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the apostles' teachings. Now, I have to get to this point, and I'm gonna go back to Acts one next week and and bring some stuff forward into what we're learning here with the wind. But to be caught in the wind in the glory to glory in 2023, this ministry was started in my house and in his uncle's barn. That's where this, I can't give credit to this ministry and say it started in my house because while I was doing prayer meetings in my house with a handful, he was doing prayer meetings with Joe and Josh Bell and a handful inside of the barn. And God just brought those two families together. Okay? Now watch this. In my house, when I got away from denomination, the Lord called me out completely to get us ready for a time such as this. My first thing I was trying to do was go, where's Apostle? Well, he left West Alabama. I thought he was in Mobile. Then the next thing you know, he's in the Gulf Coast. Then the next thing you know, he's in Tennessee. He didn't have a home spot. 
So we were going to faithfully move to where the apostle was teaching. But the apostle didn't have a homestead. But we were doing what the body of Christ is supposed to do, and that's pray. The prayer meetings on Wednesdays and Sundays in my house got so big, I couldn't fit them in my, people were sitting up the steps. Terry Kales, who we just called, she's a glory hound. When I mean a glory hound, if the power of God's moving, you remember Mama Terry, she'll suck it all up. We left the church that we were at and we were gone about two, three weeks and she found out I was having a prayer meeting and in the middle of the, she went to church one Sunday morning, won no glory there. She know where she went, where's the glory? I'm in the middle of a prayer meeting, spirit of God's moving in my house. I hear a knock at the door. It's Terry. Can I come in? I just want to be in the presence of Jesus. Mama Terry, come on, I've known you my whole life. We're praying, just getting it. This is why this is needed. We were praying in that house and I'm telling you, she walked through my front door, hit my living room. When she hit my living room, the spirit of God jumped on her. She was like an old drunk and face first. People would come into my living room. The glory of God would hit them and they'd just go out in the spirit without anybody pushing them over. Inside of those prayer meetings, we would take up offerings because we weren't a church. We didn't have to pay a light. Well, I had to pay my light bill, but I, I wasn't thinking about that. We would take up offerings and somebody in the prayer meeting would go, this family needs this, this family needs that. And we would immediately go to the grocery store after the prayer meeting and we would load up groceries and go find that family and bless them or we'd go and pay their light bill. We still do all of that stuff. We just don't do it in the degree of this big corporate gathering. That changes Tuesday. That changes Tuesday. They would have prayer meetings in the barn and leave the barn and go over to Wyndham into the projects and they would find the people addicted and people hopeless and broken and they would go prophesy and deliver and lay hands on them. That changes. I'm gonna say this one more time. If you're looking for a complacent Sunday church, this ain't the spot. You hear me? You hear me? Smallest we're ever gonna be, we've done the least we're gonna do right now. Right now. If this is the pace you like, I've given you fair warning. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's time to get with the wind. So starting Tuesday, we're gonna still do one night of married couples, one night of singles. On the married couples Tuesday night, you're gonna be divided up as a church, married couples, into five houses. And that's gonna rotate every month. You hear me? You're gonna come into our house because one of the things when I started this ministry that I allowed rejection, pain, betrayal to do is close my house off to you. And how dare I tell you how to live your life or give you guidance on how to live your life and you don't see how I live. True? True? I need you to come in and see where all my devotion's at. I need you to come in and see my trash. I need you to come in and see how I live. I need you to come in and see because that's what Peter preached in Acts 2. When a fire hit him, we became active family. Do you hear me? But when you come to my house, we're not just coming to kick it by the campfire. We're coming to make a fire for the region. 
And when you come into my house, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. You hear me? We're going to maybe teach. Whatever. We're going to encounter God for as long as we need to. Because you know one of the things that I remember growing up with my mom and dad? The prayer meetings in the house were fire. And at the end, if there's some finger foods or a coffee bar or something like that, that's cool. If not, we're coming to encounter God together. So this week, if you're married in this room, you might end up at the Thompson house. You might end up at the Heavers. You might end up at the Lovejoys. You might end up at the Mitchells and you might end up at the Meeting Chiefs. But we're gonna get about three or four families together. If you can't come, just tell us no. Just tell us no. On the singles night, it's gonna be even a smaller home group. Two of you ladies or three of you ladies will end up at one of our houses. The only thing that'll be big in that group is the men. I'm gonna keep all six of the men that are single in this house together. And I'm gonna get you interwoven like a band of brothers. We're gonna get interwoven like a band of brothers. That's why the first singles night, all the men are coming to my house. Because you're all sons. And we're gonna go after God. Travis, Roy, B, Jimmy. We're gonna go after Kev. We're gonna go after God. Fire. Fire. I pray when you guys get out of my house that Tuesday night, you can't walk. I hope you get so wrecked, Brandon. I hope you get so wrecked, Travis. Because in my father's house are many rooms. Many rooms. Many rooms. Many dreams. I feel it already. So we're going house to house. And then two times a month, we'll let you know on a Thursday, we want all the adults in that room back there praying for the youth while they're going after God. And there might be some times you're over there praying. I just, we're in an altar call. Get over here. We're going to go after God. Because you don't see it, but we have about 60 kids in here on a Thursday night. And it's about time that they just get just engulfed in the fire of God. Agree? And then like I said in the thing, I believe everybody under the sound of my voice, I don't care if you've been through prophetically, I don't care. I coach high school sports. I coach youth sports. If you're not gonna be a professional athlete and you do all this off-season pitching and hitting and throwing and wrestling and all these things to do athletic achievements in high school, we're not dealing with high school. We're dealing with a historic move of God that you're called to lead. Look at me. Don't look at these guys. Across the board in this room and through the live stream, You need, when we do prophetic ignition, if you can be here, you need to be here. You need to be here. Why? Because we're gonna get praying over ourselves again, prophesying the ability to hear the wind. Some of you need your dream gates open back up. Agree? We need our dream gates open back up because this is a prophetic house and it's time for us to be like this. So who all wants to see an Acts chapter two movement, 3,000 people get saved in a day, amen? Yeah, well, here it is. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the following of the apostles' teaching, okay? Their hearts were mutually actively linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, 
all the believers in the fellowship were as one body, as one body. The independent thing has to stop. And I'm gonna say it like this. There are people that are not in this room tonight and they are murmuring right now. You shut it down because they're not brave enough to come to me. You see them outside of this building because they're dodging me like they got leprosy. You see them outside of this building, you look them flat in the face because you love them and ask them why ain't you been to church and say, tell the truth. And it best not be because some person, because if you're offended with somebody, then you go to them now. Just kill it. Cut its head off. Bye. Got it? <clears throat> All the believers in the fellowship were as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. 45. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. 46. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. Verse 47. This is it. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were coming to life. So what's the answer to coming alive? Don't be independently alone. If you don't feel fully alive, it's probably because you've been fully hidden. True? So it's time to get vulnerable. Jesus was vulnerable. Have you forsaken me too? No, I have not, son. Peter, go to an upper room, but I've got to face Jesus' mom. Vulnerability produces fire. Vulnerability produces hope. Vulnerability produces life. But who do you get vulnerable with? People that you can look in their eyes and you know they're not going to judge you. They love you. And I'm all in. This is what I did, Jimmy. This is what I did. This is what I did. It's okay. You have full access. That's what Peter just said. What is mine is yours. This is how you change the world. Acts changed the world. How did that happen? Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to get vulnerable. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. God, let God put a love inside of us so deep that people look at us and go, everything I have is yours. There's no judgment here. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. So Father, I thank you that you're giving us fresh revelation on Acts 2 that's more than just being bilingual. And Father, I thank you that the wind of Pentecost is blowing and we don't have to do anything else. God, undo the laces of independence on the brides in this house. 
God, undo the laces. I'm gonna fix this. I've got to have it together. I've got to, no, no, no. Wind of Holy Spirit, blow on the daughter's feet of this house. Come on, I need you to pray right now. Come on, I had a prophet in this house and it wasn't Big Mike. Unlace independent combat boots. Unlace independent combat boots. The war is over. But I've got to protect my heart and I've got to protect my kids and I've got to protect my house and I've got to protect my family. Unlace the combat boots. There's a family to protect you. Unlace the boots for every man in this room. Independent, I gotta fix this. I don't fit in. Where do I fit? What do I do? Where am I messed up? Why don't I have this yet? Why don't I have that yet? Release them of the independent struggle. Release the men of the independent struggle and release the mindset of the orphan that says, I'm not good enough. Every man in this room, every daughter, that you feel like I got to independently float out on my own because I'm not good enough. That comes to an end tonight. That comes to an end tonight. And we make room, God. You want to bless us. So we make room for what we've been praying for. In 2023, we make room. We make room and we let go of any false identity of yesterday. We just simply make room for what you want to do in our lives because Abba, you love us and you want to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. So I speak expansion over the North Gate. I speak 2023 is the year of the wind, but let the year of the wind be the year of plenty. More, God, you gave me more than what I asked for. You gave me more. You gave me more than what I even thought it was gonna be. You gave me more than what I even thought that I was asking for. I thought I was just asking for my wife to be healed. I didn't know I was gonna get all of this because Abba loves you and you're making room. You're making room. I didn't know it could be this good for my kids. I did not know it could be this good. I did not know you'd let me marry her. I didn't know you'd put that relationship back together. He's not putting that one. He's making a new 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 one. The Lord's reminded me of prophecies over you, Brian, and your daughter in this family. That's not dead. God's about to redeem some things. 
that you thought are lost and gone. Time is one of them. He's about to redeem some time for you. And I speak this over you, son. You are going to be one of the most amazing grandfathers. Yeah, in, in, yeah, feel that? He is a God of redemption. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. He's redeeming time. He is time. He is time. He's the beginning of the end. He redeems it all. Things that you thought were forfeited and lost are going to be redeemed. This is home. I know you get nervous when I look at you every time. But it's his love for you that's chasing you. That's why you keep coming back. Because in your mind, you're going, can it be this good? Can it be this real? And the answer is 100% yes. And you see it in my eyes. And you hear it in my voice. That's why you keep coming back. It's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better from here. God is that good. And he does not judge us over yesterday. Listen to me. It is washed in his blood. He does not. I feel the Holy Ghost. He does not. See, do you feel the comforter coming in the room? I'm telling you, Ashley, the comforter wants to immerse you tonight. I'm telling you, he's so, you keep fighting it like, I'm about to lose control. Yeah, you just lose control. He wants you to lose control because he's about to take it all over. Goodness, goodness is the gate to all of our kids going to the middle school and the high school. And he put a mom and dad at the corner of goodness drive. Whoa, you feel that? He put a mom and dad that is eventually going to have a youth ministry in Ravenna for troubled kids on the corner of the access to the Streetsboro school system. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Come on, pray with me. I'm telling you, we ain't lost a generation to pornography and social media and vaping. They've just not been given an access to love. They've just not been in access to dream. God's dealing with a mom that he wants to use to bring a generation to life. Chloe, cut right. Come over and put your arms around her. Sissy Talani, come, come over here and pray with her. I'm telling you, we're done. We're done. I'm telling you, man, I am in a different moment right now. I'm running full force into this thing. You got some place to go and you want to leave, you can leave. But I'm telling you, it's 8.40 and I feel like we just settle in because I got mamas in here that God's getting ready to do some radical dreaming with. You're getting anything. You just flow. Jump in this thing. James, your mommy is amazing. 
The book of Acts tells me that the same spirit that he gives to adults is in you. And what's happening in mommy is gonna change your life, Pastor James. That's why you got your shoes on, you got your tie on, because you're actually believing what Papa Jimmy's saying over you. Lisa, what are you gonna do when James becomes the pastor of Shepherd's Joy and is a key son of revival in Wyndham? What are you gonna do? The drugs that tried to take out your sons is about to get snapped over a whole region because of a grandson that God's got his hand on. And you wonder why you kept coming back to this house and kept coming and the orphan thing tried to get you and Joe out of here because it's just beginning. All of your children will be swept in to this revival. Marky and Josh will be in this house. Ashley can't run from this. She watches this thing every time it turns on. Ken, your mommy was born for revival and so were you. So were you, sweetheart. Buddy, your daddy was born for revival and so are you. See how that makes him smile? What am I doing right now? Wind's blowing. Wind's blowing. I'm seeing what your sister Carrie's starting to post, Curtis. Wind's blowing. When he called out Allie and Kelsey last week, I was watching live stream. Allie was watching. Don't tell me that man's not a prophet. Dustin die. Wind's blowing. Carly, wind's blowing. Miller Farm, wind's blowing. Hunter Farm, wind's blowing. Kavanaugh Farm, wind's blowing. Kale's Farm, wind's blowing. The wind's blowing. The wind's blowing. Frontiersmen, the wind's blowing. Greatest part of the frontiersmen in days to come will not be the fact that they can protect and serve. It'll be the fact that they are sent to Washington, D.C. as intercessors. I call Dan Toth to his seat on the wall as a watchman for the nation. And I call you to the deepest place of inner. Laura and Dan Toth, I call you to your deepest place of intercession for a nation. Wind's blowing, wind's blowing, wind's blowing, wind's blowing. These home gatherings, Paul's gonna come to. It's gonna be his gate back into the family. It's gonna be his gate back into the family. It's gonna be his gate back into the family. And if your spouse can't come, but you can come, then you come. It's your gate back into the family. And you singles, stop. This is not about marriage. This is about Holy Ghost. This is about you going into the elders' houses of this ministry and going after God. That's how this thing started and that's how it's gonna, the water's gonna hit the roots. You guys are gonna go into these house meetings 
and Holy Spirit's going to hit you and you're all going to go to Walmart. Holy Spirit's going to hit you and you're going to go here and you're going to go there. Your Holy Spirit's going to hit you and you're going to go to some family member's house that's sick. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You're going to know somebody that's addicted and you're going to go, that's it, that's enough. We're going to go, right. we're leaving this house, getting in vans and we're going. It's, it's time. The smallest it's ever been and the least we've done is up to this point at all shifts. Listen to me, that all shifts. Every bit of that shifts. Every bit of that shifts. And this summer, get ready to go to Kent State and cover that ground in prayer. I feel it. I feel it. It's the year of the win. It's the year of the win. It's the year of the win. And those of you that call this place home, yes, we're going all the way to Alabama to Mobile for youth camp to be on the grounds that were birthed by Apostle Aaron, by Apostle Ball, by Apostle Damon, where John Kilpatrick still resides, the spirit of the Bay Revival. And I still have it. I got to take this into Apostle D. I keep forgetting. But there's a key piece of this house being a sound. Will you put up the Acts 2 for me? Passions Translations. How many of you wanted to run? I, I did. I literally wanted to run through a wall when we started yelling tonight. Something inside of me, like when T-Bone started praying and, and, and a 12-year, 13-year-old boy told you to lift your voice that's been born in revival. Do you know that when Tyler and Taylor were in Tina's womb behind the stage of Alabama, Apostle D blessed those kids while they were in her womb and he probably don't even remember it. Get Acts 1 up there. Or sorry, Acts 2. But I want Acts 2 verse 1. I don't want the... This right here, this drum was given to me when we started having revival in the gym. Do you know what it says on it right here? This drum was from the Thunder in the Bay Mobile Revival in 1948. It is our apostles' 48th birthday this year in July. I'm giving him this drum on his 48th birthday. The man that handed me this drum said that there were many drums like this that when the glory would start rising out of the spirit of the Bay Revival, they would just start while the people lifted their voices. Watch. And on the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard a sound, a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind, the sound was so overpowering. It was all anyone could bear. Verse three. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them, verse four. And they were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowering them by the Spirit to speak in a language they have never learned. Go to verse five. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from different lands to live in Jerusalem. Go to verse six. This is it right here. This is why we're gonna pray in the Spirit and we're gonna lift our voice violently. 
When the people of the city, say the city. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound. What did Bryn come in here and say in 2022? There's a new sound about to come out of this house. And it's now. When the people of the city heard the roaring sounds, crowds came running to where it was from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Do you know what's about to happen with this roar? Do you know what's happening to you in this room being rebaptized with fire? You're gonna be able to understand people again and they're not gonna get on your nerves and they're gonna start to understand you. This city's about to have a little bit of understanding of who the Northgate is. I'll give you an example. We just did the Portage County Tournament. Guess who set that tournament up and tore it down every night? Northgate men. And administration are going, wow. These men are amazing that they would just come and serve the city with no strings attached. Absolutely amazing. Will you listen to me? You're not screwed up. You're actually amazing. And it's time for the world to see it. It's time for the world to see it. It's time for Streetsboro to see it. Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.